Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. A leopard doesn't change its spots, which is why I don't wear animal print. (laughs) Dumbass. You can't be extra when you're already everything. Oh, I thought we were going to do into some like extraordinary. I, you took me on a a path. A journey. Words. Uh huh. It's been. (laughs) It's like (laughs) that's a season two tagline when you're on the bubble. Yes. And you guys, we're ready to pop a couple because shit is going down. Let's just say we had like a little bit of a pre-show. Things are happening. My life is chaos. And um, I'm so excited for today's guest to return guest to the People's People's Couch to help bring my chaos, <laughs> help add some sort of connection to it all because I'm feeling extra uh, wild. You know him as actor, producer, and director. Check out the films he produced and starred in A Very Sordid Wedding and Southern Baptist Sissies, both streaming on Amazon. And of course, one of, or rather, the star, the center couch star of the People's Couch. Welcome back to the People's People's Couch, Emerson Collins. Emerson, how are you? Oh, I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here. There's so many fun things to talk about. <laughs> We, yeah, we just, listen, no spoilers of anything ever, but I just need to say that, guys, I will be doing a Patreon about the Sex and the City reboot, and there's just a lot going on. There's I, a lot going on there. I need, to t- I need to discuss it at length, but I won't talk about it. No, no, no spoilers here. No None. Spoilers. And just like that, there was so much to talk about. 
the name of this episode and which P.S. I want to like name someone I was having a conversation with someone who's like it's really important to name the episodes and I'm like it's episode 272 you want me to do two I can't yeah. do it no I couldn't try but that would be the name of this week's app I couldn't try would be <laughs> that's the name of the episode <laughs> I couldn't try I always think of Mark Cherry naming all of the Desperate Housewives yes. episodes after Sondheim lyrics and I think no one should ever try to name episodes ever again. Like that and the friends, the one where, like, why would you bother? It's episode 104, 1742, whatever. Right? It's just tough. It's, it's episode tough. the next one. <laughs> it's episode this is now stay in the moment. Thank you so much, <laughs> I have to say. Yes. Um. So listen, Emerson Collins, I'm in New York. You're in LA. I'm in LA. How are you? How are we feeling? How are we feeling about Housewives Life Friday, which is allegedly is? Allegedly. You know, actually fine. I also feel like Good. the last time I was here, I definitely leaned way hard into my like, I'm feeling earnest and I've had a mental health crisis and there's lots going on. I mean, there's still lots going on, but I'm in a decent place. Uh, I directed and did a stage adaptation of my last movie, A Very Sort of Wedding in Dallas in September and October, which is very thrilling to be back on a stage and to do Mazel a piece tov. that way. But I like eat, pray, drove my way across America on my way back from Dallas. <laughs> oh my God. Well, cause I drove there cause rental cars are expensive. Uh, and so mm -hmm. I knew that I was headed for a, a life crisis cause there was no work planned after that. So I like went to the uh, Grand Canyon <gasps> to watch the sunrise and like, <gasps> found a spot by myself. It was like 30 degrees. There's like snow on the ground to like cry and sing show tunes at the Grand Canyon. So we're like moving through life at the moment. First off, so thrilled to hear you say you're moving through it. Uh -huh, Love that. Uh -huh. Love that journey for uh -huh. you. Love the openness and vulnerability, even discussing past openness and vulnerability. Have to ask, and I know this is the <laughs> dumbest question, but like Grand Canyon, how was it? You know, like, is it worth it? I know it's worth it. I know it's like amazing. But like, truly, what is that experience like? I had been before we went as a family as kids. And so oh, I okay. uh, did the painted desert and the petrified forest. But I was very feeling like, oh, I'm by myself. I want to be in nature. And the mm -hmm. sort of awe and majesty of it all is as cheesy as it could be. There is something about remembering that all your stuff is kind of small when you stare at something yes. that's with like tens of thousands of years of this river just mm -hmm. like running to make this giant hole in the ground it's like it puts perspective on it a little bit it is stunning it really is if you enjoy anything about being outdoors and the great thing is you don't have to actually hike you ride a little tram to your spot you look down at it and you go oh yay and then you walk back I mean, I love that. I do have to say, I guess I feel a little iffy about it because I remember I went on a family vacation in the sixth grade and I'm not going to say I'm a moron, but my parents were like, do you want to go horseback riding down a crater? And they showed me a photo of like a brochure yep. of people horseback riding on a beach. And I was like, oh, wow, that crater sounds seems great. <laughs> uh -huh. And we showed up and there are photos of me. His, people were on their honeymoon with us, hysterically screaming for hours. <laughs> the entire, the horse was like, I might just jump for it. Yes. Like, this is, this is not worth it for me. Like screaming all the way down. I have a perilous fear of heights and also like science or whatever uh -huh, has sure. never been my strong suit. So Great. like 
I associated craters with you showed me a photo of a beach. I'm going to assume that that is what, a what we're doing is. Yeah. You're like, um, you're in like sixth grade, imagining a romance cover novel. And they're like, no, no, no. Right? We're driving like straight down on a horse. That's like, not like this, like ready to end it all. So I get that. That seems like a fair misrepresentation of the experience you were going to have. Thank you. There are literally photos of me screaming against a crater. The ice cream people were on like romantic. And then there's motherfucking Sarah screaming uh-huh. on her poor, like just absolutely desperate to be anywhere else but their horse. It was a moment. In those moments, I love to imagine the other person's story, right? Like mm. that couple tells the story of their honeymoon very differently. They were like, <gasps> and we were going on a horseback ride and it was like, you know, going to be romantic and we're going down the crater and we're in nature. And this demon child, 11 year old, screamed the entire way. Um, and P.S. I would be the exact same way now. It, I don't fuck with heights. Like I, when I went to L.A., I took, it had to take me a second trip to do the fucking tram thing to the Getty. Oh yeah, yeah. It, the villa um, or the center because I don't want to the center because I don't want to go on a trip. I don't want to go against a hill thing. I'm gonna go ahead and say don't go to the Grand Canyon. It's a what? giant hole in the ground. There's viewing platforms, but like I had several spots. I found this little like rop outcropping, like literally I was doing some version of like the Titanic singing Aida, like all alone. But there was like three feet and then like a perilous drop. So I would say maybe it's a picture place for you. Look at the photos, they're lovely. Like if I could drive there, but stay back, like I've walked up the top, but it's not really like the top top because the very top you have to take an elevator to the top of the Eiffel Tower. There is video saved on my highlights because I was like, you're going to do this. And the Eiffel Tower shakes and there were children prancing in front of me. And I was like, oh, these are like Olympic children. These are like special skilled children. Yes. Because what I am experiencing, this absolute nightmare is what is normal. Because it fucking, it's, heights are scary. Yeah. Scary. I didn't used to be scared of heights. Like one of my favorite things traveling has always been go to the top of the highest thing and like look at the view and see the town and see the city. And I don't know what age I was at, but I think there was, when you pass that age where you realize mortality, is a thing you know like 20 yes. you don't think you're gonna die you don't think you could well, die I had that apparently from anything. 10, so you, I don't know you but were yeah. ahead of the curve uh you <laughs> were just you. like aware um <laughs> I would say don't go to the Grand Canyon then but I finished crying drove my way home and here we are spoiler alert the I end. mean also spoiler alert I'm doing I got invited to this thing in New York on next week I'll put it on social mostly as a protective mechanism um and it's some sort of immersive experience <gasps> that involves it, it it involves it involves some height. And <gasps> I have Googled it. I've tried to look for video, but there's just video of people talking about how great it is. And I I'm going with a friend because I feel like that will apply the right amount of peer pressure for me not to like truly scream in front of like invited guests. But it's possible. It or might also happen. It will just it might provide a documentarian to ensure there's footage for the rest right. of us to enjoy you screaming at the heights involved immersive experience. I mean a win win for the rest of us. <laughs> the video of me screaming, that could me be my opportunity to be a bartender and watch what happens. Oh my Maybe gosh. they just do one of those video things yes. and it's like Sarah wanted to be here, but she she found herself some heights. <laughs> she found herself some heights. Tell my story. <laughs> I mean, like Lin-Manuel's the other guest in one of the chairs. He's like, oh, I know heights. <laughs> um, 
listen, Emerson Collins, we could talk about a crater, a canyon, <laughs> All day <long>. whatever. <laughs> or we could talk about the climb to the mountaintop. Yes. Which has been, I think in my in my humble opinion, the comeback of comebacks, Orange County. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, this like renaissance, the Bravo renaissance, you know, we were all worried mid-pandemic that like everything was falling apart. The OGs, the mm -hmm. franchises, craters toppling. I am so excited <laughs> to watch everything right now. I mean, Heather Dubrow, mm. the return of Heather Dubrow, mm. like not in the history of Housewives has anybody been given such a deserved queen. I still keep thinking about the first four minutes of the premiere of the season where they mm. sh just shot her walking through her house for, Click, clack. for clearly an hour because of the number of angles that we did it and thought, yes, yes, thank you and welcome. Someone who always understands the assignment and it has only gotten better from there. I mean, off the rails already. I'm, I mean... I have to say, having not watched last season, I'm not going to say this. We're not talking like canon best seasons of all time. What I am saying is I have missed Orange County and Orange County is back. It's not yes. that it feels like it's back. This isn't science class. Like, but <laughs> And yet maybe it is because I feel like the formula is real and has been proven so. Yes. Orange County the content is here. Yes. The cast is possibly weird, but something is working out. The edit is right. It's also, it's weird in the right way. You know, the issue, mm. you know, the issue, like, yes, it fell apart and whatever, but like the Vicky of it all, like that really was so necessary. And this is demonstrating that that was the right decision and they just had the wrong people after it. Uh, because I love everything about it. Like Heather is a queen bee, always has been a queen bee. Emily and Gina have blossomed and flowered mm. as the like comedic duo. You know, it's like every, I think, I think of all the musicals that always have like the comedic duo on the side, you know, like that are like the Greek chorus, the commentary that are making you giggle. Like the way that Emily has blossomed into this hilarious sidekick of the show. And they, it was proved why they were so flattened by the like Vicky, Tamara, Shannon, the Trace Amigas of it all. Like we never got mm. to really explore them and having the space to do that. I love them so much. They make me laugh. I don't know what's going to happen. Emily, like losing her mind and running around Heather's house and like yelling at this Nicole person and then running out of the house and going back into the house, that mausoleum line. I was like, this is what I come to housewives for. How do I get out of this mausoleum? Like, <laughs> I mean, you're right. And also the question of we didn't have the space to really explore or understand these women. I don't think that they had the space to explore themselves. Yeah. I'm not quite sure that this was always there. I think that this has been developed. And what I heard about last season was that Gina had a great last season. And yes. I think that was the first time that she maybe really felt like the audience was on her side, which yes. made her feel more comfortable blossoming, more yeah. comfortable feeling like, you know what? I actually am good at this. Maybe I'm funny. Maybe I'm vulnerable. Maybe yeah. I'm smart. Like yeah. I, I see some, I, no insult to either party and me saying no insult is not meant to be an insult, <laughs> but like there's some sort of connection here with like, 
with what's happening with Gina on OC and Whitney Rose, where oh, I'm gosh, like, yes. we didn't yes. know that this is yes. happening, but like Whitney seems to know a fucking ton about business and law in a way that doesn't feel researched. It feels like this is a passion. And with Gina, maybe her passion is being great. Yes. Well, it feels like, like Gina definitely went through like a, a several very large personal life crises yes. that, that we were mm -hmm. experiencing. But I think who we're seeing of them on the show now is probably closer to who Emily and Gina were like in life pre-crisis. Yes. Pre like I feel mm -hmm. like we're getting a much more authentic, well-rounded representation of them because Emily's always come off as extremely intelligent to me and held back, pulled back from the weight of the big stars of OC when she first mm. joined. And I just like seeing them be free to react however they react. And that that's uh, giving exciting and surprising new things. And that coupled with the, the Shannon-Heather dynamic, you know, it's like they're like the ring, the, the big stars in the boxing ring. And then these two are like the, the sidekicks, like having their big uh, journey. It is, there's so much weight between Heather and Shannon. And I can't believe it's another one of those like gifts of the universe that Gina and Emily and Shannon had that big dinner the night before and ran into Heather before their first filming date. So that there was all this like pre-work that didn't come in like, oh, that set up that first scene so well. And then this backstory mm -hmm. that no one could have planned that Shannon definitely remembers this Nicole person mm -hmm. from pre-life. I mean, they could not have planned this better and it's made the launch of all of it just amazing. I cannot wait every moment to see what's happening next. And there were so many twists and turns and even the reveals. And I don't know if Gina discussed the whole her husband having invited her to a cookout at his like the woman he was having an affairs with house. I don't know if that came up last season because I haven't watched it, but that was a huge reveal for me. There yes. are so many layers of like, there's a genuine reason why this person was triggered and it took them having to explain the situation and like, you know, the mission of AG, you know, normalized changing your mind based on new information. Yes. I think that was happening a lot and also normalized changing your mind based on the reaction of the person you're discussing yes. or talking to you know, was huge. But I do just have to say, I do have to say, because I need to be honest <laughs> to myself on my and, spiritual and, journey. And to everyone listening, yes. And to everyone listening, I almost feel emotional, but that is also because, you know. Life. Hormones. Uh -huh. yes. This week has been intense. <laughs> yes. That I am nervous, maybe not as nervous as I was before watching this episode. But I am ever so slightly nervous about my love, my queen, my friend, my confidant, yes. my admirer, my comedy legend, yes. my like giggle joke, but also stunned and very self-sabotage-y, my, my nine lemons and a bowl, the stan. Yes. The Shan for whom I stand. Yes. You know, like yes. the stand. She doesn't maybe stand for herself, but I stand double as much, so it works out. Yes. I'm just a little nervous. Yes. I have an affection for her. We have a history together yes. in my mind. Yes. And I'm just a little nervous for for Shan. I'm a little nervous for Shan. I think that is uh, well founded. Thank um, you. Thank because. You. Uh, yeah, I, I unfortunately think that we are going to get great uh, experience out of the journey that Shannon is about to go on. 
Because I will tell you that Shannon sort of wandering alone around Heather's house between the multiple scenes happening with the the giant hair story that was happening as it was for this particular party. I thought this icon of emotional roller coaster adventures, nothing brings me more joy than montages of Shannon running away from new people. I like feel like that's such a truthful human experience. And I do think that the miscalculation of not being the one to go tell Heather immediately with Heather being who Heather is, they showed the flashback to that scene of like the the, the original issue between the Bedores and the mm-hmm. and the Dubros. I think that Heather being who Heather is, that the, the season long journey between the two of them is about to be painful for the Shan Stan and all of us. I, I I think that's right. And it's like Shan both gets too much credit and not enough. Agreed. We forget that Shannon has some stuff that Shannon is working on or we are working on more often on her behalf. Yes. And, you know, the big question looms, I'm going to ask you, do you think that Shannon strategized telling Gina and Emily that Nicole, okay, has sued Dr. Dubrow or, because that's what that's what Gina and Emily were hypothesizing very loudly, yeah. aggressively. Yeah. And, you know, we sort of ended in a weird spot. I know that we ended with them, like, looking at it that way, and I get that that's how the shows work and everyone's, you know, aware of those things. I imagine the night at... Wait, what's that place that they were at? And I laughed Boutique. because... No, oh, The Quiet Woman? No, Javier's. Uh, Javier's. Oh, okay, great. Which, by the way, I just did two shows with the Skivvies at the Laguna Beach Playhouse, and we drove <gasps> past Javier's on our way back up. Like... Orange County is important to me in the way that like several years ago, we drove down to Orange County just to have dinner at the Quiet Woman for Love a friend's that. birthday. Y'all, it's like an hour, easily an hour and a half drive from Worth Los Angeles. Worth it. Could be six, would still not be anywhere near far enough. And we yes. fully recreated the Kelly Dodd like blowing on the window behind Peggy as Peggy like recreated. And Shannon showed up to celebrate her birthday while we were there. It was the greatest universe saying, like, thank you for being a fan. We were sitting there, and our waiter was obviously knew why we were there. And he was like, Shannon's on her way in. She's celebrating her birthday. So we got our dessert birthday at the same time as she got hers two tables away. Sarah, it was such an important night in my life. Wait, not to be psycho, but was that day March 26th? Because Shannon is born the day before I was. Both of these are holy days, you guys. Holy days in the calendar. Yeah, it had to be. I don't yeah, know. my birthday, March 27th. She's 26. And I share a birthday with Vicky, by the way, sidebar. Wish I could exchange Wait, that. your birthday but, is um, March 27th? So is Blake. Yeah, I'm I'm a strong Aries. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Birthday twins. Yeah, literally. And, but that's why we were there. That's why we went. Um, did, did you say anything to her? No, did we didn't. But I do have a okay. photo of me with the back of Shannon's hair in the doorway while I'm recreating Kelly Dodd blowing on the window for the side-by-side. Okay, we're going to need you to post that one this episode. Anyway. We, we're going to need you to post it. We, we So we drove past Javier's, which is where they were. But no, I think it was like Margarita Shan was definitely just like telling stories. I think maybe later she had time to think, do I want to be the one to tell Heather? Or like, I honestly think Shannon was nervous. I think Shannon was worried about her and Heather. Like when you bring in another mm-hmm. big personality, I watched those scenes and I really thought I saw Shannon's heart sort of break that she thought there was a new opportunity for her and Heather. I felt like her apology was very genuine. It felt like that thing when you make yourself a little bit small because it's not 
I felt like she could see in that moment the rest of the season playing out as well. And I think part of her hopes with Vicky and Tamara gone, she and Heather could team up, be the strong central figures of this new season. And when Heather stood there and said, I'm disappointed in you, and Heather mm. is such an icon with word, like her word choice is always exacting and specific. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Shannon's heart broke going, okay, it's not going to be that. And I don't know what it's going to be, but oh my gosh, this is going to be hard. I mean, and also Heather, her words are, you know, spot on and also intentionally cutting. Yes. So like, yes. the, I think the importance of the the construct of this week's episode is the fact that like, you're not necessarily on Heather's side. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like she, de- she is not deserving of a hundred percent blind empathy. There's yeah. something else at play. And that's not just because she's married to Terry Dubrow. Like, yeah. there, and that is important. Yeah. It's important to have someone that you're like, Ooh, I sort of disagree with how you're handling this. Or I like feel kind of weird that we want those layers yes. we want to see someone making decisions saying some shitty stuff to Gina and then recognizing oh I maybe feel differently now like yes all of that is important like that is important we don't want there to be such an obvious yes you know oh yeah I'm not saying this in reference to, to Heather but such an obvious like respect your villains because they add blah 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 like we want to see complicated people doing complicated things well and also we've talked about it before i think even here i don't like using villains anyway i like using antagonists because because all of us in life are the villain to someone whether Mm -hmm. whether we intend to be or not so it's all perspective Uh, and i use the weirdest example my adolescence was weird i was a skinny gay kid in texas where if you don't play football you're not a person and i have a very good friend who we're both out now and he remembers in middle school, like being terrified of like my ap- academic success. And all I remember at that time was being like terrified of like the big guys around me. You know, like we mm. we are all the villain in someone's story, spoiler alert, you know? So I just don't like that word related to imperfect people, which is why we love watching this anyway. Um, I love that the foils here are, Heather is so calculated in every moment of everything. And, and the best is when it gets the rug gets pulled out from under her calculation, which we saw with this news, this episode. And Shannon is so most of the time unfiltered, uncalculated. She can't help but like blurt things and things happen and she gives authentic reactions. And I just think those that pairing is creating wonderful television for all of us. And it's not a right or wrong. It's just how we each move through the world. Um, first off, love, love that pivot, that use of language. Love that. Love that. Not sure I can like hold to it, oh, but I course. think that's incredibly nuanced and incredibly sensitive because people like to say like, I I hate this person or, or um, this housewife is stupid. And it's like, they're actually not you right. know, like you can dislike someone hates that. I actually have yes. disagree with much less the idea that some of these people, some of these women, the, the, the way that they're sometimes discussed as being stupid, as not being smart, as being weak is frustrating yeah it's frustrating to hear women discussed in that way knowing how emotionally and vulnerably uh, how brave they are and courageous to be on a show like this yeah you know you're gonna get shit on and i what i i always try to be really careful too because like as a man as a fan even Mm -hmm. as a gay man i yeah like keeping our language and talking about how people are behaving in a moment rather than a Mm -hmm. permanent character decision you know you can say this person is weak in this moment this was a stupid decision that doesn't paint someone in life with like the brush of like, you're a moron, all that, you know, keeping it focused on incidents rather than character traits keeps us in a space that's more fun to discuss, I think. 
I totally agree. And I also think it is sometimes also connected to character traits. Yeah. Like in the sense of, listen, Shannon is Shannon. <laughs> she and, is. You know, there are favorite housewives and spiritual housewives. Yes. There are housewives you just fucking love. Yes. And housewives you are connected with. Yes. Sometimes because of the difficulties and complications. Yeah. And Shannon is trusting yeah. to a point that is incredibly counterproductive. <laughs> yes. And I think she does it because she leads from a broken place. Yep. You know, she has discussed her her um, difficulties, her personal difficulties as she has uh, 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 colorized them um, with her body and self-esteem through that. We've seen that journey. Yep. I think everyone on the planet can empathize with that in some way, with not feeling happy yes. with the person you look at in the mirror and how you feel like that affects the way other people judge you. Yes. And we've seen other people judge her for it and they yes. used it and whatever. And with Shan, <laughs> hashtag for whom I stand, yes. <laughs> there is a way that I think she reveals information that's twofold. It could be coming from drinking too much. I feel like we've seen that. Yes. Something's uh-huh. happening there that maybe we can talk about. Maybe not. Uh-huh. There's that where you feel very open and vulnerable and you're not necessarily totally in control of your impulses. Yes. It's like a little bit of an impulse control sitch. And then the other is because she is going out of her way to assume that everyone she interacts with has good intentions. Yeah. And when she finds out that people are people or maybe they don't agree with the way the information or whatever, I think she spirals. And I don't know how to solve that for her. Yeah. Because I love that. I love her so much. Like, I, I want us to solve yes. this. And I just don't know how. I just don't know how. I, I also think occasionally she falls into the trap of, like, learning too much at the feet of Tamara. Um, mm. You know, who was who made great television by intentionally instigating I think that yeah. sometimes makes her wary of information. And I think it, she learned that sometimes information will be used in a way that you can't uh, know in advance of that makes her wary too. Because I feel like if she just gone to Heather and said like, hey, this, you know, this, this do you know this? Like let the chips fall where they may. I think she was almost so afraid of the possible result that like the buffer in between and it all blew up in her face. And I thought it was interesting Heather's journey heather running up the stairs and mm. whatever happened up the stairs yeah however long that took i think that was way longer because the way the women like the downstairs mm -hmm. scenes and like the next morning gina talking about i was there forever i think mm -hmm. big conversations happened up there because i always go back to heather and the like the bus in ireland that night mm -hmm. that is always why I feel like she finally was like, I'm leaving the show because the, the curtain was pulled back a little bit when we all thought we were not on camera. Uh, I think she ran up the stairs and went, absolutely not. I said I was coming back under these terms. I don't like surprises, da da da, da. Whatever was said uh, that brought them back downstairs to do the like incredibly uncomfortable like scene with Nicole where we like laughed a little too big, a little too hard. Uh, I think everyone knew big conversations happened right there. And I love that I didn't totally agree with Heather's like choice to blame Shannon in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like where she landed with that was very interesting and surprising. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like not giving Shannon the space to be like, I wish you'd just come to me. 
because me and my friend are fine. I want to take in good faith that you were concerned for me, but we have a history I'm uncomfortable with, which is very interesting and compelling. I mean, totally hear you. And I also think when it comes to the benefit of the doubt, how does that work within the construct of Housewives specific reality TV? Yeah. Because Shannon has been on this show. Yeah. This is me talking hard to Shannon, aka aspects of myself. Yeah. Shannon has been on TV for too long to think that the night before filming, she can be like, hey, this tertiary character who they're maybe trying out to be a housewife, which we know doesn't work out, or like whatever, um, turns out that there was like a lawsuit and shit's going down and P.S. we're going to film with them both tomorrow at the Dubros at the Porta Cacher or whatever the fuck it's yes. called. Like, ma'am, like how, why do you think that this secret is really going to be kept regardless of the people getting the information saying like pinky promise ma'am we're too smart for this shan we're too smart also even in our conversation speaking of changing our minds i forgot that nicole was like in consideration to really be a housewife because i yeah i think she got like fired or something yeah as much as i'm like a super fan stan i like forget stuff all the time like i like watch stuff i remember but i don't remember what season anything happened in blah blah i forgot that that was i and i absolutely think now she remembered and did not like this woman from like previous lives, whatever. And she definitely set this bomb for like Gina and Emily to carry, thinking it would make Heather blow up because she knows how Heather is about like being in control of situations. Wait, who's the she? Shannon or Nicole? Shannon. Oh, no. Oh, okay, got it. No, I th- got you're it. right. Okay. I-, I forgot Nicole was in consideration to be a wife. I forgot that she wasn't mm-hmm. uh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. a rando friend. Oh, no. Yeah. She definitely went, oh, I don't like her and I'm going to let Heather take care of it. And then it didn't go the way she thought it was going to go. Yeah. You think Shannon thought, you think Shannon didn't like Nicole? Well, because she the way she described that was like this woman that I used to do drop off with that like dated Kid Rock. Like the way she described her seemed like she was not a fan when they knew each other back at drop off was my perception. Did you not get that? I mean, I I don't think you're wrong. I think definitely like the Kid Rock stuff was was weird. I could see her having a little like classist, elitist, like wasp energy there. I totally hear you there. But I don't think the reveal had anything to do with Nicole. I think the reveal had to do with like, I have crazy tea and I'm going to share it with you guys. I don't think it was in any way to seek revenge for Nicole. I would think if there was anyone to seek revenge on it would be as the Dubros said them directly, which I don't think Shannon, I don't know what Shannon was doing. I don't think Shannon is a good enough producer. Yes, I think she would correct. Try, this would happen. Correct. But like, I, I don't think that what Gina and Emily were saying initially about Shannon is doing this to fuck with you. I, I don't think that was true, but I also cannot explain why she would say this allegedly 12 hours but it it's not ma'am not a good producer yeah and also why did nicole tell her nicole was friends with heather for six years that's insane to me we need to have that conversation because that's like wildly crazy to not bring it up, regardless of trauma. I'm sorry. That's a little tough. I also feel like, though, tough. I think that's one of those, there's a tenuous connection that we're making seem like is bigger. I think we've, like, mm. known of each other. Because the one, wasn't the one photo they showed of them, like, the two of them at opposite ends of a giant group photo? Like, yeah. th- I feel like that was in the, oh, we know each other around town, but sure, that's enough of a connection. I feel like it's like, oh, I sort of know Heather. The, these other women all awkwardly know Bronwyn. Sorry, she's gone. But that's fine. 
Um, I just feel like it was like, that I think was the weird, we've known each other six years, but Terry was like, wait, who are you kind of? You've known my wife for a while. I feel like we made a tenuous connection seem larger, which made it seem weirder that this hadn't come up. Also, I don't tell somebody I sued you. We're gonna be on a show together. I mean, I relate. Are you I, kidding? I so relate to them, but also, how did Nicole think this was gonna go? I don't know how she how thought did this was this never was going to come up. Go. Like that feels like a Nicole should have said, "Hi, we need to talk now that we're doing a show together." I've never brought this up because we've done really well, and I bygones are bygones, and this is a mistake I made when I was young. Nicole needed to say this, and then let whatever happened happen. And you know what? I'm going to walk back what I just said about like how insane is it not to say because obviously there was such a discomfort from her reveal. She felt ashamed by it. We have no idea of the circumstances. She said something about her lawyer. She was a young woman. Manipulating her. Yes. Obviously, though, something did go very wrong because she said it took four and a half years or something to deal with. That is not an insubstantial amount of time. Right. And while um, malpractice lawsuits or whatever you want to call them against any kind of medical provider, let alone plastic surgeon, while those are not necessarily uncommon, what we're talking about here seems like something that we need to get maybe some clarity on that we probably never will because it's being so quickly swept under the rug. But like, I do understand from her perspective Let's say this thing happened in your 20s, then you meet this woman 10, 15 years later. How much later? You know, I I, I don't know. But um, and you get along with her or you know each other socially. I could understand her. I'm completely changing course. I could understand her being anxious about wanting to reveal that information because you don't want this person to judge you. You don't want to be uh, cut out of the social groups. You feel weird about the situation itself. It, It got resolved at some point. I actually do understand that yes. and I've, I have changed course in the last 120 seconds. All that said, when did she tell Shannon? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, when did that? Right. Like, so she, was when, this at the drop off? I understand the connecting of the dots. Right. Yeah. It's like, why did Shannon have this information? Like, how close were y'all once upon a time in the Pam Anderson mm-hmm. lookalike years that you, like, shared this information with her at that time? or shared it with someone and it went around the drop-off group. But that said, I could not show up. I mean, my anxiety, I take pills for anxiety. I can't even imagine showing up to film with a person with that big a secret. I mean, please don't hold me accountable for any of my early 20s either. Like the the horrifying Mm. decisions, the terrible way I was to people, the things I was working through. But I also couldn't show up to shoot on a show with a person related to a terrible decision in my 20s. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I would be physically vibrating. I would be so anxious, like, to shoot with this person, even if I'd been friends with them for six years. I mean, bravo to her for walking into the scenes with this, like, sitting back there. I could not. Yeah, and also everyone is getting blamed for this. Shannon is getting blamed for sharing the information. Nicole is getting blamed for initially, at some point, in whatever capacity, suing Terry or his, you know, medical practice, whatever that was. Everyone is getting blamed, but, like, we're not really talking about, like, why Terry was sued. So it's a weird... Yeah. It's just this weird vibe where it's, like, past the blame. And I get that from Heather's perspective through the lens of, like, this isn't a normal situation. Cameras are covering this, so it's going to be discussed, and I don't want that to happen. I want to protect my family, but, like... Also, it just, it does not feel 
anywhere near as nefarious as what it was initially supposed right. by Emily and Gina. Yeah. Understandably so. Right. Considering. I- regarding Shan, but also there is some stuff with Nicole that I just need to further understand. Yeah, and I and unfortunately, I feel like we're not going to get it. I mean, it feels like this was like, and we closed the book on this, and Heather said it, we are moving on to the next scenes. Uh, so I don't know what, that we're going to get much further resolution on this. I feel like this was a part of the we went upstairs and the cameras went down conversations were related to this, is my uh, assumption based on nothing. Do we think that production knew? They had to have known. Did they not know? I don't know. I don't know how they would have. I mean, I don't know how they could know specifically about the lawsuit if it hadn't come up. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's, there's a level of, when people say like, oh, I can't believe production companies didn't research this person. No matter what kind of background searches you do on people, you cannot find everything there is out there on people. So unless Nicole Mm -hmm. revealed this in her, uh, interview you know consideration process i that i bet this was like a gold mine dropped in the laps of people like clapping behind the monitors as this so, came up so no disrespect to nicole but like this was essentially luck i mean yeah unless because i can if nicole maybe oh yeah I don't, I don't know i don't know i mean if i were nicole i don't know how you would consider it but if she didn't know heather was one of the wives i don't know how much they all know about who's in consideration until they get ready to start and so would she have volunteered oh by the way i'm in consideration for your show and a decade ago i sued a former housewife so to speak yeah i mean maybe two decades ago right i think we're talking like 15 20 years maybe yeah i don't actually know math is hard again it's like science it led to a great thirty-six thousand dollar party um <laughs> and another reason why that she was upstairs she was in the Dubrow attic or whatever for hundreds of years yeah. because there's no other reason why dinner wasn't served I still can't get past that like I'm sorry if I show up at your house I don't care who yelled at who on a sofa I'm gonna eat your $36,000 meal you are gonna bring me that wagyu beef to my plate I'm gonna go if I were Gina or Emily I would have walked to the table and sat out no you made personalized whatever chopstick gift sets or whatever were on. Uh, uh, I'm going to sit on and use this and take it. We Can you all stop yelling for a minute? Let's eat dinner. How many people? I thought she said at one point she had 11 people 11. there, yeah. right? Because then she was joking, bring it down to 10 yeah. to take Shan out of the equation. Correct. Which Heather will talk about that. Uh-huh. So 10 people, $10,000. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For the food. Yeah. Plus five for the booze and then the rest on decor. So about $20,000 on decor and favors. Yeah. Which, considering the scale of her house, I assume every party, every event. Yes. This is the thing. Like, it's when you spend a bajillion dollars creating a Ritz-Carlton from Vail. Yes. Like, this industrial complex. Correct. Every party you throw is going to have to meet that scale, regardless of how many people attend. Yes, because you can't, like, it can't, the house cannot dwarf the function. So you are like right. the conspicuous consumption is back and I'm grateful. Like oh I cut, this is the nonsense I come for. Well, can I make an incredibly insane left turn uh, oh, from this episode? Welcome. welcome. I, okay. <laughs> Emily and Shane's conversation about faith was mm. the most authentic representation I can ever remember of grownups mm having a real conversation about what faith means to them in the context of housewives. No disrespects to Tamara's, you know, rededication 
or to Jesus or to Jesus Mm -hmm. jugs. But like the way that they had an actual grown up conversation about like their different perspectives Mm -hmm. on faith, what Shane's means to him, what Emily perceived about it through what they went through with him being ill and the space she wants to give her children to explore a faith journey. I very weirdly was all but applauding my television. I thought that Mm. is such a grown-up representation of the big life questions we ask, whether you're a person of a particular faith or not. When I look across the housewives, right? Like the bonkers things happening with Mary and her church, the weird things about Mormon Mm. leaving and coming and going over there. We've certainly had people of faith on housewives mention their faith related to functions, but the actual sort of spiritual questions and Emily being very open about being unsure of her space in it and her kid's journey, I thought it was the best, most honest, un, unproduced for television discussion of faith I've seen on Housewives. And I just loved that as a color we've never seen before. That's very real for very many people's lives. I, and it was such a small thing, but the truthfulness of it really hit me in the midst of all the like hilarious bonkers things we love to watch on housewives did it did you did you notice care i no i'm so glad you brought it up i i totally agree with you and i think it's a conversation around curiosity faith yeah. religion yeah. community yes. structure yeah. um a, a sense of belonging yes. a sense of quote unquote normalcy in the idea that this person believes this thing and I do feel like so many people believe it and yet I was not brought up that way or I just don't know how to develop the skill set required in which to learn how to feel this way for whatever reason. I thought it was so incredibly interesting, just like the simplest way of saying, you know, essentially how do you believe in god yeah. not not do you believe in god but like what are the tools that were ingrained in you that you continue to develop yeah. and like tone yeah. because i don't know how to do that and i don't want my daughter to feel lost yes and the way that her daughter feels connection to her stepsisters through this it was so uncritical yeah. it was so vulnerable i i so really appreciated her questions and feeling and shane's responses yes. um Be, and also I mean, there's something about shane i just well, gotta say there's something about shane I, well it's funny i loved it it's funny too because particularly with the way like his journey with the fans and the show has definitely been an interesting ones you know i thought mm-hmm. It's clear that there's a sardonic aspect to their relationship that when they were first introduced just seemed hateful that I feel like now we're seeing is more of whether you agree or disagree is part of their banter. And to see the the way in which that conversation flipped on its head and it was suddenly very sincere between them um, demonstrated something about that to me. But I just feel like we've seen so much performative versions of various mm-hmm. kinds of faith on Housewives. Mm-hmm. A lot of the trappings, that's why a lot of people are turned off by various religions is the way in which people wield them as weapons or performatively do them in order to judge someone else. This just felt like such a centered, honest conversation about questioning and sharing uh, that I think is some of the best of why people adhere to various faiths. And it, it came as such a shock. I wanted to really like point it up as a, a unique thing in our canon. Also gave me an insight into their relationship that that we haven't seen about where and how it it does work for them. Yeah. 
I totally agree with you. I think that's a great point. And I also think from an energetic perspective, adding in the element of production, I think that what we have experienced with Shane is a reaction to discomfort with yes. being on reality TV. 100%. And also a discomfort with being emotional, vulnerable, understanding his wife's pain, the difficulties with the the um that like baby box thing that they had like there's been I think if that's what I'm like barely remembering at this point but just the idea because it's been a while since I've watched Orange County yeah it's with Shane I think there has been a huge critical reaction some of that deserves to the behavior we've seen on the show and that's because you know his idea of partnership their idea of marriage how it all began is sort of strange to a number of people he like proposed over AIM instant messenger yeah yes not to say I know what AIM is but I've been reading the history books but um there is something to be said there for the fact that he is kind of stilted or uncomfortable and that nervousness has extended into the ways that we watch him behave on TV yes contrast that with Emily on this episode where it was a reversal because she is uncomfortable. She is nervous about the idea of a religious experience, a religious connection. And in, in that space, as you said, their roles changed. It was a role reversal where he was the one who said, this is how I feel and I am comfortable. Yeah. Maybe religion for Shane among other things, is the thing that makes him feel the most connected, comfortable at home. And that is the thing that Emily, I don't know if it's the biggest thing, but it is a large part of, as she said, some discomfort, confusion, unease, nervousness, fear that she's passing along uh, a, a lack of religious understanding to her child or wanting to maybe seeing a disconnection about to happen with her kid and yeah. being nervous about the fact that her kid might understand something that she does not. If for all of these reasons, I just thought it was incredibly interesting. Yeah. Incre- and, and empathize with both of them. Both of them. It did speak volumes to me about what else is there for him, that his, mm. that his response to her was so sincere, that he left her the space for what she is experiencing about it. Yeah. Because we've definitely been exposed to him as someone with an aggressive quip is his response Mm -hmm. to most things. And the Mm -hmm. fact that he didn't in this space, I think demonstrated, he definitely had one of the worst versions of like first season husband. 100%. That that the vast majority of men are never prepared for what the show is. We're watching it happen now with shirtless Ryan, Dr. Jen's husband, you know, where he's like, "Uh, why are we talking about this weirdly on camera? That thing that always Mm -hmm. happens to husbands and some of them handle it well and some of them don't. But yeah, I just love this scene. I thought it was really special. And that it happened in the same episode as like Heather running out of a party at her own house and Emily storming out of a mausoleum. That, you know, the range of this episode, the renaissance of Orange County, because I came to Orange County late. I came to Orange County because of the people's couch. I never watched Orange County. I joined Housewives through New Jersey and the table flip. Like I watched that reunion and then picked up New York. But it was several years before I joined Orange County. Like I missed... Most of Gretchen, if that puts it in perspective of where wow. I joined. Although Gretchen and I are both alumni of Baylor University. Um, you're welcome. We were wow. there. We, we were there at the same time. But so I came sort of. Oh, <laughs> yes. Did you know her? No. We did figure oh. out which sorority she was in and I knew people in it, but I didn't know her. We, it was the two of us and Joanna Gaines of Chip and Joanna Gaines all at Baylor okay. University at the same time. 
our illustrious reality television alumni <laughs> association. The Holy Trinity. Uh -huh. The Holy Trinity. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> um, it's fine. The But yeah, I came to Orange County late. And so I, I am really, really loving what's happening here. And can we just take a moment? <laughs> oh, yes. How do we feel about the new housewives? Um, how do we feel about Bron? I was gonna say about Bronwyn. Oh my god! <laughs> about well, oh how do we feel about well, Bronwyn's I mean, friends that they are both yeah. connected to Bronwyn and on the show without her? Um, Doctor Jen, like I get what's going on there. I, I'm yet yeah. to see anything interesting. It feels like I see mm -hmm. elements of other housewives where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. It's a little Carrie mm -hmm. Duber. It's a little, um, you know, like Mar married to medicine. Orange County mm -hmm. might have been the better direction for her. I'm less mm -hmm. interested there and hoping for more. Noella, I'm fascinated, can't wait. First of all, the woman is drop dead gorgeous. It is bonkers. The way yeah. she, like her wandering around with the butterfly ponytail going like, what is happening? Is this what we do here on this show? Hi, Shannon, I'll Great, be your yes. friend because what is happening here? The degree to which she's like fun and free about sexuality is fun to me because that feels very not Orange County, even though we've mm -hmm. seen it other places. Um, I'm, I do know some of the spoiler alert of like where her personal journey is going that we're going to see. I mean, I think we've all read about it. And so like that is sad because I enjoy, yeah. I enjoy the sort of joyful energy she brings, which I feel like has been rarer in Orange County. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that we've seen it some places, but the like effervescent, like what's happening? Hi, this is me. I talk about stuff, you know, I feel like she's closer to the real version of what Bronwyn really wanted to be. In her like free, mm. free, free spirit. Um, so I'm really excited that she's there and sort of really sad for where we know, you know, her world's going to fall apart. But I'm very drawn to her as a new energy in the show. Um, the moment where she said to Shannon, I will always be there for you. And before she finishes the sentence, she runs off <laughs> to Kiki with Max was an iconic <laughs> moment for a new housewife. That was an iconic and Shannon standing there like, are you I am now literally alone in this. Are you I couldn't even get the new housewife right. to pretend to give a shit. I felt I like mean, Shannon wanted to say, wait, wait, wait. The way this works is I'm the veteran and you stand here <laughs> while I monologue a scene to you. Like, I remember that somebody once said that the Orange County rules were so much that, like, new girls needed to know, don't stand between an OG and a camera. Mm -hmm. I Like, somewhere I heard, read that. And I was like, I can definitely see Vicky and Tamara being that type. And I think Shannon was like, wait, that's the way. Wait, you don't leave me, sweetheart. I leave you. I leave scenes. Not the other way around. But also running to be like, you're bisexual. I'm bisexual, too. <laughs> I don't know that Shannon has has really done I'm sure behind the scenes she has but I don't know that she has figured out that maybe there is a role for her that like what is your personality type right. on the show are you an extrovert are you an introvert like what's that test gonna look like for you like what is your personality type on this show and more importantly what is your presence on this show and I feel like every season she gets confused by it where she's like, this isn't this thing isn't working out or someone is saying I'm doing something and I'm not or I'm really upset about what's going on in my marriage or whatever else or I feel great. But I don't know that she's ever really developed like as a TV show, who am I on this? Some of it has been given to other people. Yes. Vicky has always been wild since the second she started, but she's referenced as the OG, which gives her a lot of power. Like the fact that she has a, a lingo, a slogan yes. that 
is her identifier. Yes. And there is only one. Literally, the idea that there is literally only one gives her so much. With Shannon, it's like, who who are you? I know that you were the Trace Amigas and that, you know, went on for as long as it did. But like, who were you in the Trace Amigas? Because now that the Trace Amigas is gone, you are still there. But like, literally, who are you now? Uh, well, it's part of the what for me, it's always makes Shannon compelling is that struggle. I feel like that's Shannon's life struggle. Who am I? Because it changes in different situations with different people. I'm never quite who I think I am, want to be. I love and adore Shannon for the like fun. Shannon is one of the funnest mm-hmm. things on Housewives television. So fun. Like genuinely, like the woman so who dresses fun. up as Brett Michaels to go to a party because she was an oh 80s God. rocker chick who also has had genuinely horrible things happen to her that were not her Mm -hmm. responsibility. Amanda, terrible things to her Mm -hmm. and watching her survive and thrive beyond those things. Part of the, the blessing and curse of Shannon is that who she is changes every year with her life. And so she always has a thought of who she is and it's never what actually happens. I do think she saw this season, the opportunity of like, it's me and Heather We'll get past the stuff from the past and we'll be the two strong leading characters at the center of the show. And oh my God, that fell apart at our first big function. Fuck. And she's so optimistic for someone who is in such pain yes. constantly. Yes. And I, you know, I don't mean that in a critical no, way. Yes. You know, I, she's just so vulnerable. She's so open, which means that brokenness just always comes pouring out. She can't help but express it or we can't help but see it maybe. I don't know. It's so complicated. Yeah. So much. Yeah. But with Shan, it's like, I just, I think you had hopes or expectations or nervousness or whatever. And I just don't know. Did we have a plan B here? No. Oh, you know definitely not. Like, <laughs> definitely not. When has plan A ever worked I know. for you in any season? Yes. When, when, give me one, a single season. Not once. When? Not, Not once. once. I still think, like, one of the saddest moments in all of Housewives to me is at the Orange Counter reunion when Vicky and Tamara did their hug and Shannon went, oh. and you could see Shannon's she brain go. She had a plan. She didn't know how to react to an update. But no, you could mm-hmm. see the, like, I have to do it too, and I don't want mm-hmm. to, it, or it will be them against me. And she didn't want to. And the, like, the way in which she gave into that moment, I thought, <sighs> you know, I wish for her that she hadn't, you know, that she had stood there and said, no, I was on your yes. side. I defended you. I was with you through it. And you treated me worse than anyone else. And I'm not just giving into you because we are standing here on your reunion, you know? And the addition to that, which I totally agree with, is Shannon doesn't understand why that choice was one. Like, that was a choice that you made, but you still then need to live in the, but this person did a lot of stuff, and it's like, wait, but you just made a choice. You can be upset about the choice that precedes that and how that changed your dynamic, your strategy, your conversations, but, like, you then made a choice not to stand your ground. So what does that look? I feel like so often Shannon's present is as a reaction and frustration to what directly proceeded in her past, where it's like, but you let us not take away all of your autonomy. You made a choice. Maybe it was a bad one. Right. But you did make a choice. So like we're constantly living in this space of what 
the badness that just happened because there's always going to be badness. There's just, <laughs> there just is. Yes. I love her. My queen. Yes. My, my, when she laughs at her own jokes. Oh. When she giggles. I feel so seen by that. Kidding? Yes. I delight in yes. so much of Shannon. It's not an ironic kind of love, but there is some concern there. Yeah. There is, there is, I don't know that how much hope there is. There's pleasure and presence and, and just a little observant concern. Yeah. I think that's mm -hmm. like fair and what happens, but it's also like why she is such a joy to root for and to yes. watch, you know, it's interesting that and like a drag for a lot of people and a drag. Yes, absolutely. Because like the frustration that comes, but it's why you're good television too. When we look at the like exhausting the OGs and the stories they have to tell, it's why <laughs> Shannon's permanently on the list of I'm like, nope, no, what's she going to do? What's going to happen? Because you never know where it's going to go. You just don't know. And the way that we were in, as a housewife, I mean, there's so many. Um, maybe even, I would put maybe even Ramona in that book, but I'm going to take that back. But like from the, in the terms of like where this person is now versus where they once were. And so often that has to do with the person's marriage yes. and their idea of family and the actual literal family dynamics. Yeah. Like she's just in a much different space than the mega mansion, but run with green technology, $13 million yes. basketball court, Shannon, that we saw she's just in a different spot as Ramona has been over the course of several seasons where you can tell she's lost her footing. And a lot of it had to do with a divorce. Like yeah. a divorce is a, can be, and is for many people, a huge fracture. Yes. In the idea of the life you thought <laughs> of course. you committed to with another person. And often it's not by your choice. Yep. And that takes a lot of wind out of the sails. Yes. Like maybe that was who Shannon identified with. And she's not able to, come to terms with the fact that that identity is no longer available. Yeah. Not in the way it was. Yeah. It wasn't working out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like there's a lot of, lot of nuance there, a lot of complication. Love her so much. My sweet, sweet angel. You know, and, yeah, and yeah. we grieve certain kinds of things forever <clears throat> and that's okay too. Yes. Oh, but wait. Yes. That's no, a great point. A, I love that. Point. A, another like hard turn because it's also why like, I'm not, I'm fine with Nicole, like disappearing from the show. I want to be careful stepping into this subject. Uh, but since it happened on both shows this week, the, uh -oh. Nicole weaponizing Emily's size in their argument mm -hmm. happening days after Mary did the same thing to Heather mm -hmm. is such a giant moment once again for like weaponizing body issues. And it really struck mm -hmm. me because it happened in back-to-back -back episodes. Like it happened in my watches like twice mm -hmm. this week in ways that both times was sort of like moved past instantly this like reaching for that as a weapon you know i love a fight i love a dirty fight i love a nonsense fight i love an overreaction i hate 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 that as a weapon of choice and i just felt like that is probably like oh you're that kind of person you know like you can call it, there's so many names you can call people there's so many things you can say about what somebody's wearing or what they you know whatever the life choices they've made to get away from like the laziest uh, reinforcement of that as something about someone to attack. I mean, it comes from such a um, 
not even just like such a dearth of like empathy or understanding, but it's just so commonplace. Yes. It's like, that's just such a common. Yes. And I mean that in the most critical, you're yes. just being so common in reaching yes. for the lowest possible fruit on that tree. Yeah. Do trees grow fruit? Yes, they do. Yes. That is so where much. they I'm usually very grow. Good. That is a technical <clears throat> part of science. The low hanging fruit. That's exactly. Yep. We're on the. I mean, talk about nine fucking lemons. What she, what Nicole did in that moment as what Mary did in calling Heather chubby was to say, I'm going to tell you that your body is not enough and that yes. you have something to be ashamed about. And yeah. if you don't feel that way, I'm certainly going to make sure you know that, that other I, people that do. I think that, that I think it is something about you to be judged as unworthy as like, yeah, it's just... It's so exhausting, but we're talking about because it's so pervasive, you know, it's that, mm -hmm. it's like the insults that are still sort of uh, the more acceptable level. You know, it's like when we talk about the other things, Mary's comment about Mexicans, like there are other things that we really, really react big to and that mm -hmm. it's still such a commonly reached for uh, insults as a result of like cultural values and standards that it's absurd. Yeah, and I think it's going to come up definitely both of those aspects, the comment that the terrible things that Mary said on SLC um, in that comment about quote unquote Mexicans yeah. it was just really ugly yes. and it will absolutely come up on the reunion. I'm sure it'll come up in the rest of the season, which is something that Lisa Barlow has intimated online. Okay. And, and the, and the uh, attempt at body shaming is specifically fat shaming. Heather yeah. will certainly come up in the reunion. I don't know if the Nicole stuff is going to come up with Emily, but it's just a good thing to say, to acknowledge and call out, you know? And I hope that Emily, I hope that Emily, you know, I don't know what to say there. I just hope that she didn't, because we've seen how vulnerable she has been yeah. about matters having to do with how she feels about her body. Yeah. And I hope that it wasn't, um, I hope that it wasn't wounding for her. Yeah. And well, and if Nicole's not on the show and like, great. And, but I, I also am, am trying to be more conscious as a man, as a, as an extremely thin man. That. So, but it's, it was, it really hit me because they happened so close together. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, wow, this passing comment on one show, this passing comment on the other show, and then the fight went past it anyway. And I feel like it's important that we all talk about, because Emily's talked very specifically about how that kind of commentary from social media, you know, it's not just yeah. the like the typical hate people get and overreactive fans on anything, but that specifically being an issue that she has dealt with in dealing with other people uh, that all of us being conscious every time those things happen of like consciously stating that's not acceptable. You know what else is not acceptable? The fact that Emily has me on block. On <gasps> does she really? Why would that it's, happen? It's really, it's really upsetting. Apparently she does like an auto block for people. Okay. And I would never at some right. comment on something. Didn't do it before Andy's girls 800 years ago. Don't do it now. Um, I might be a little sassy about like yada yada. Um, I have left some things on Ramona's that's like a wink but it's like not even a wink to like the terrible things she's doing on the show I, but it's like nowhere near what other people and and what's left and she blocked me on something having to do with a difference in in political views and just did a straight block and it's so unfortunate because Orange County and her time on Orange County what better example of the fact that um so often politics defines us and we have a habit of dehumanizing the other person and 
Um, and yet there's so much of Emily that I love and would love to explore, you know? Yes. Oh, that is so traumatizing too, because I know, you are. I, want her, I need to tell her how much I appreciate what she's talking about. If yes. Bronwyn unblocked me and then unblocked me and that there was more of a reason. <laughs> but like, if, if, you know, I really, Emily, yeah. listening, which of course you're not. I, if anybody has contacted Emily, let her know that like, this is, this is America. This is a time where I can say, Emily, I'm not going to get into a conversation with you about like, you know, stuff from 2016, 2020, like, but I want to get into a conversation with you about your journey because there's more of you than this. Yes. There is more to you than that. Yes. And it's so important. It's so important for me to understand that and recognize that in myself. Like, there is more to Emily than that. Like, we're all so judgmental. And some of that comes from a really important place. Like, and some of that comes from a place of boundaries and of an anger yes. of expression. And yep. A lot of that critique is deserved. A lot of it's based on like stuff that she said publicly. <laughs> right. You know, like, if, yes. I don't know, Emily, you said it in an interview. I don't know what to tell you. Right. Like, I didn't come to your is, house. <laughs> I didn't come to your house, Emily. I don't know right. where you live. Like, I, <laughs> but also, like, there are other aspects. And I just think she's having such a gangbuster season. Also, she looked hot AF at Heather's. We need to discuss I mean, that dress. She is, and Gina, I, yes. are you fucking kidding me welcome Stunning. welcome Stunners. all of the applause but also like i mean the two of Bless them really thriving glam. in the franchise like really embracing all aspects of being a housewife and what it means also like i my whole life have been a sucker for a woman with a high pony that is like fluffed you know, like you. Okay, have... but you made fun of Shannon's. Let's go back. To oh no, that. no, Shannon's was like the the additional Curled? the additional pile. The piece. Yeah, okay, the gotta, the gotta, additional gotta, like gotta, the, gotta, the adorable gotta, gotta, little Lhasa Apsa or whatever it was <laughs> that, that was placed on the top was I appreciate it because it felt like the '80s thing that she loves. But I do like a woman with like I love a long hair. I love hair that you can do hairography with, and I love a high pony in a high fashion dress moment. I do. I just one of my favorite things and and emily running and swinging and yelling her way out the front door i was like you welcome to full housewifedom status i'm excited to see you thrive and her barking at gina like gina is an accessory or an assistant which yes. i don't know maybe she is in some aspects of their relationship which i'd love to unpack because we have seen that on previous seasons but yes. like her being like we're leaving like whatever it was Iconic <laughs> and iconic deliver an iconic yes. order. And well, and also, I love a fascist housewife. That that we're hello. I'm like the owner here of this scenario. I love it. And I love, it. I love, I love it. them now doing the very thing they were complaining about, like Vicky and Tamara doing, right? Mm -hmm. Like they love it. They love clung to, it. to each other because they were being treated that way. Now you've graduated to being that person. All love life it. is a circle or oborosing our way. We are eating our tail through the housewives universe. Gina. You're going to get a lot of attention this season, and it's 99% praise, and you deserve it, girl. We yes. have been through the journey. Yes. As covered by Watch What Happens, one yes. of the best mazel of the days Absolutely. in history. Yes. Congratulating her hair. On the hair on survival the, on journey. journey. Yes. And, and, and now being not just not terrible, but now being good. Yes. Okay? You deserve it, girl. Yes. I am here for you. It's yes. like Michelle Obama. Like, 
yeah, but whatever, whatever she said about Beyonce, like you are having a moment, Queen oh. G, and I'm so happy for you. But Emily, I want to have you on Andy Scrolls. Yes. I, like, don't, I there are housewives who have said yes, who I have not scheduled. Emily. I want to make the, t- let us connect and talk to each other. You are so interesting. I love the conversation you've had. If someone can pass along a timestamp to Please. Emily and let her know, I'm not going to, because I, again, I, I, I don't have access. I, I'm, I I'm, don't I'm have no access to Emily's able. Um... <laughs> I just, Emily, want to say that I'm here for this. And what does that say? As a stan of Shan, and a historic stanner of yes. Shanner that I am saying Emily Simpson before I even said Shannon. Yeah. Have I even invited? I don't know. Have you ever? Have you not been like Shannon? No, I went to come? drinks with her. I went to drinks with her after a recording of AG um, because friend of the pod who is directing Lou's Christmas tour, Richard J. Alexander, uh, after a recording, he said, guess where I'm going? And I was like, where? And he's like, to have drinks with Shannon. And I literally instinctively said cool I am coming with you and then I made him call and make sure it was okay for me to come and I like obviously there are people who do blah 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 I'm like oh that's great and whatever blah blah but I truly gutturally was like Richard I do not care how you respond to this it is happening I am coming with you yes she is my queen she's my angel and we had like an hour plus at a hotel I won't name because I think she stays there. <laughs> right. Um, and just like me looking at her, because it's like, how many questions can you, I can only start with a thousand questions. Uh, for my queen. My, yes. I, my Shan. This funhouse mirror experience. Shan, right. But even before I say Shan, come on, AG, I'm saying Emily Simpson. Listen, I love you. Maybe. I don't know if I believe that, but I really <laughs> like you. Yes. And I, feel such support for you and I've stood for you during that scale thing a couple years ago yes I said that's not okay and we need to understand her vulnerability and bravery and I don't love the production's decision to include stuff when she's obviously experiencing discomfort like um come on come on on the scale of friendship my friend (laughs) like come on let's let's get on that scale (laughs) let's get on that scale together we'll get on it together let's talk honey yes let's talk let's talk Love you so much. It'll be a safe. The Andy Scrolls is a safe space. Uh-huh. Andy Scrolls is a safe space. I can't believe I spent 35 minutes talking about Emily Simpson. Will you come on Andy? I could literally just email someone and then get denied. But maybe this will be more. It's way more fun more and impactful. Look, it is a public plea. You are being vulnerable in front of yes, our public. Emily. In front of the amazing Andy Scrolls listeners who are like the smartest, the smartest fans. Anybody work with her at her party planning business, which we heard about the first season and never again? Is somebody or a paralegal? If she still yeah. practices law, yeah. now Shane's able to. So, like, come on. <laughs> also, <laughs> Gina's, like, short joke about Shane passing the bar. But it also shows how much they all are really friends that, like, she enjoyed so viscerally being able to make that joke. I love them. I love this group. Wait, was that a short joke? I thought it was a joke about him, them just lowering the bar so that he would pass it in the sense that like, I he felt wouldn't like have it, literally been a lawyer otherwise. I know, but I felt like it was legitimately both. I felt like that's why she enjoyed it so much. She was oh, like, I they had to lower the bar know. for him to get over it. I totally didn't think that had anything to oh, do with his well, size. Maybe... I thought it had to do with the fact that he's failed so many times, which again, Emily, is not a critique. Not a critique of your husband who, you know, is is your husband. Not a critique. It seemed clear from Emily's delivery that she also enjoyed it a little bit. 
Okay. Of course, because it's funny. Yes, it is. We've so many times, and we can find some humor in that. You did. It's like for me when there's like an athletic thing, and they're like, "We're gonna lower the ball." Like literally anything. They're like, "It's fine. You can just throw the ball like ten feet." You know, like right. lower. Yeah, it's hilarious. No matter what, and JFK Junior failed a couple times. Yeah. Okay, and they didn't lower the bar for him. Yeah. And and he was able to pass, and so it turns out was Shane. Yeah. And, I love, this is our new Kennedy dynasty. Correct. Is the Simpsons family on Orange County. You never know. You never know with your attorney if they passed it with flying colors or if they barely got there. You don't know with your doctors. Did they get all D's? Who knows? Like, you never know. Like, a pass is a pass. Does Emily still practice law? I'd love to ask her, but that chance is probably never going to happen. Emily, when you come on the show. When you you bring your law certificates. We have questions about your current practice. Emily, listen, as I said in Brian Moylan's book, I don't know that I believe in God, but I have faith in the Real Housewives. Uh, Emily Simpson, I have faith in us and our imaginary estrangement, which is also technically literal, coming apart as we come together. Yes. As one, jo- join me on the People's People's Couch. I'm recording from my office. You will feel comfortable <laughs> with all of the delightful dresses that surround me in my background. Correct. Come on, girl. Let's have it. Let's have a moment. Let's have yes. a moment. Yes. Yes, Emily. Um, Great. Emerson Collins. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Salt Lake City. And I know. I this with Potomac. It's like I'm almost... What's that thing that's not, oh my God, I swear to God, I've read a book. Oh, I'm extorting you. It's not that I'm blackmailing. I'm doing a slight extortion by saying we ran out of time. So I guess you have to come back ASAP I know. to discuss it. And for, all of, have to. and for all of you, I'm not kidding. I love you all and, your, and, and the people that listen here. And I love your show so much. I will come back anytime because genuinely, I mean, the, the, just my Cliff Notes overview till we get to do it and think. The fact that every episode of Salt Lake City manages to outdo the previous one, I don't even understand how they're achieving the television, the reality television they are achieving. I am doing a destination Christmas to Colorado Springs with my family. We Airbnb the house just to go to a different place. My mom, so nice. because of like health issues, couldn't get, can't okay. get the vaccine. So yes, she has to be very careful because oral, blah, blah, blah. But so like mm-hmm. driving from their house in Texas to this uh, one other house where, you know, mm. safely, but I have planned our drive just so I can drive through Vail. Now, I can't afford to eat at any establishment there. And it's fine because they basically never left the house except for Heather's right. like reconciliation dinner luncheon with the Giardelli chocolate. <laughs> and, which I'm like, I might find that patio to go to. But I'm driving through Vail just to be in the space where they made some of the best reality television of all time. The unhinged things that happened in Vail that have nothing to do with the Jen Shaw of it all. I mean, that you all made an episode where you didn't even discuss her that was as good as the one where Whitney Rose demonstrated that she is the smartest, most perceptive. (laughs) Yes! Like, she Megan King Edmonds her way into, like, understanding everything about Mm -hmm. the fraud of it all, and then also demonstrating she is the one of the most perceptive housewives of it all in her continuous takedown of Lisa Barlow's community theater attempt to be Lisa Vanderpump. (laughs) Like, the the genius of Whitney Rose. Like, can you all hear in my voice the degree to which there is so much iconic behavior happening? I love it all. Okay, you're gonna need to come back like literally this month. Like, yeah, we're that's have fine. Our conversation because we need to have a Salt Lake City specific episode. Yeah, because I, like, I we need to have a Salt Lake City specific episode. You and I, it needs to happen. I have no job at all the time. I will come back whenever. I adore you. 
um, I'm COVID employed, yep. no job, whatever, yep. literally nothing but time. And yet I'm constantly running out of it, but I, <laughs> it's going to happen. It's got to happen. My one real thing I will actually tell you, I, the Del Shores oh Foundation, my producing partner work husband, Del Shores, that I produce all his work. We started a foundation pre-COVID that is back working. We are running mm -hmm. a writer search specifically for LGBTQ plus Southern writers of plays, <gasps> screenplays, short films, and web series. Uh, there are cash awards. We're giving production grants to help the writers that win get their work produced. That is actually my baby that I'm putting out into the world right now, sort of paying forward uh, the opportunities that have been given to us. If you want oh more information God. on that, DelSourceFoundation.org. Uh, the writer search uh, runs till the end of the year, but spoiler alert, I'm going to expend it to the end of January. So if you know any Southern LGBTQ plus writers of plays and screenplays, send them my way. That is my real work, baby. I forgot that I should talk about that I'm very proud of. Um, I love that. And we're going to include a link for more information in the show notes for this episode to make it as easy as humanly possible for people to share it, talk about it, post it on social media, even if you yourself um, are not in thinking about being considered for this, someone you know probably is. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things where social media, listen, it took me away from Emily for hopefully a temporary amount of <laughs> for time. For a temporary ban. There are other ways. That's <laughs> just a temporary, just a little, I think of it as a little pause, a little pause. That's correct. Little, we, we, but this, this you're is on a, a, good, break. a good example. Of you're on a break. Music. That's all. We're you're on just a on a break. But you know what? Much like Rachel and Ross, maybe she'll forget what a what a break means. Yes. And maybe we'll be able to come back together. Correct. And that that's a sweeps experience. <laughs> yes. Is all I have to say. Listen, Emerson Collins, I could talk to you forever. We are literally going to be scheduling yes. Salt Lake City specific because I mean, you drop a bomb like Lisa Barlow running a community theater version of LVP, and I've just got to pick up those pieces the rest of my life and yep. try to work through the fact that I didn't ask you any follow-ups. Uh-huh, perfect. But coming back. Yes. I die for you. Where can people follow you? Yes. Talk to you? See your work? Yes. Watch your movies? Yes. Go to your shows? Tell us everything. Uh, you can find all the information about my actual jobs that I'm proud of on my website, emersoncollins.com. But for nonsense and shenanigans, on Instagram, it's at Emerson Collins. And on Twitter, I haven't been tweeting much the last couple of years, but I do pay attention a lot, at Actually Emerson. Uh, so you can share your thoughts, scream, uh, bring your joy, whatever is on your brain. I love that. And guys, speaking of things on brains, um, couple of episodes on the Patreon for you to listen to and love Assault, Assault Lake City. Oh uh -huh. my God, I did not actually mean that. Sex in the City <laughs> recap episode featuring many of your thoughts and feelings, uh, including which um, AGs identify with which salt, uh, sex. I keep on calling it Salt Lake City. Oh my God. And just like that, Salt Lake City. Um, sex in the City characters you identify with is Ooh, up yes. on the Patreon. Yes. The number one way to support um, Andy's girls, including myself, and a uh, couple bonus episodes en route to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Andy's girls. And also, last episode featured friend of the show, Gabrielle Bluestone, offering <gasps> AGs a chance to receive one of Tom Girardi's best lawyer etc awards and oh, it's happening my god that's amazing it's happening and guys i just can't say it enough you better sage the fuck out of it 
okay, if you are the winner. Going to be doing a trivia contest on my Instagram stories. I'll put the rules on there. I think it's going to be like whoever responds first with all the right answers. It's going to be a combo, I think, of Housewives trivia and AG trivia. First person that responds wins. The hope is that you... Um, are able to send it to somebody in the continental United States yeah, and then they please. can send it to you if uh-huh. you are an international AG. Um, so look for that this Sunday uh, on Instagram, the name of the social media engine I did not just forget, um, at Dame Galley. And, uh, you know, stay tuned for more. We're going to do a little SLC special. Woohoo! And just like that. Yes. That'll happen. Uh, guys, I hope in the meantime you are all staying safe, staying sane, getting vaccinated, boosted if you can. And we will talk to you soon here on the People's People's, the People's, People's Couch. Couch. Yay! Goodbye, guys.